Check this out. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Don't you open your mouth about the best. Or you're going to shut it for you real quick. Live in the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. Hey, don't roll it. Hit it downhill. With power, you run it straight downhill. You know where we're coming. And we know where y'all going to be lined up at. Now you just got to stop. I'm saying I'm better than you. It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. Peace mode is already in inside of The doctor is now in. I'm only here so I don't get fined. That's right. I'm only here so I don't get fined. But we're here. Super Bowl week upon us. Hyping it up. Pumping big, it up. Big game week. I knew that you were going to do that. Don't do that again. Don't do it. I, we did that yesterday. Super Bowl. Big game. That's it. No more. Super Bowl hype continues on. We'll be at the Westgate tomorrow inside the world-famous Superbook, the largest sports book in the world. There Thursday and Friday this week. Uh, guests aplenty. Oscar Goodman will be joining us. Scott Spritzer, Marco D'Angelo, Jay Schrader, Jay Cornegay, John Murray, and uh, Robert Cool Bell from Cool and the Gang. Looking forward to it all coming up in the next uh, couple days. But today we got another jam-packed show coming your way, and we will continue talking Super Bowl. And our good friend Alan Snell, LVSportsBiz.com, he is live on the spot there at the uh, Super Bowl festivities. So uh, we will talk to Alan Snell here this hour, and he'll give us a, a live update report. That'll be fun. All right. And then, of course, we've got the offensive linemen. We've got our quarterback join us today. Uh, Trevor Maddich will be joining us. Uh, we talked to him regarding the matchups of this game. Really want to talk to Trev today regarding the offensive line, defensive lines, you know, in the trenches with our guy Trevor Maddich. All right. We will talk with him about that. And of course, Steve Berline will join us, the quarterback. We'll talk about Jalen Hurts. We'll talk about Patrick Mahomes. Kind of picked up where we left off with our interview yesterday with Houston Nutt as uh, he was out there. Um, talking about the BDIs and the hound dogs. There he goes. The coon dogs, as he was saying yesterday. <laughs> My man, I love talking to people down the South, you know, because they just have a whole different vernacular. And why is it when I start talking to Houston Nutt? That I start going into my southern twang. Why do I do that, Numchuck? When I was asking him for about that Missouri Missouri Tiger shirt yesterday, yeah, I just started going into that. I don't, I don't, why, why does that happen? Because I, I get Buck Power on. I start going into my English accent. Paul Buck Power Stewart. That's not oh, good, is it? No. Is, is that more Australian than English? No, it, it's English, but it's just. <laughs> I don't know. I, I get my dialects it's, all mixed it, up. It's, it's Monty English. Yeah. It's not English English. I, I get it all mixed up. I don't know. But anyway. All right. No, jam-packed show today. All right. Top to bottom. Okay. Like I said, we'll go out to, to Arizona. We'll go out to Phoenix slash Scottsdale, Scotts Glendale, Scott slash everything, slash, slash, slash. All right. Slash. You passed the audition. Don't worry about that. You like that one. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ex- yeah, except he was a guitar player, wasn't a drummer. All right, anyway, Geico. Um, Alan Snell will go out there. Trevor Maddich, Steve Berline, the big seven footer, big Bill Cartwright will join us because, yes, he's going to be gloating today, isn't he? Because LeBron James broke Kareem Abdul Jabbar's record last night as the NBA's all time leading scorer 38,387 career points. There it was. Entered with a 38,352. He needed 36 to pass Kareem last night. He got 38, and uh, LeBron James breaks Kareem's record, and we knew it was going to come. So we'll talk to the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, about that. As we know, he's uh, you know been talking about this for the last month or two. So it actually happened last night, so we'll have the big seven-footer on. And then we talk a little UNLV Lady Rebel basketball today. Lindy LaRock. 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 I like saying LaRock. Yeah. Lindy LaRock. Lady Rebels are 22 and 2. Start giving the Lady Rebels some love. 22 and 2. 12 and 0 in the Mountain West Conference. They've won 13 straight. They're blowing out uh, opponents. And they got themselves a new water boy. If you didn't hear that last week, that's right. 
That'd be Numchuck. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Numchuck got himself another job as he's a serving Gatorade on the sideline. You got season tickets now. You got you got passes. You got bench passes. Um, hopefully, you don't have locker room access. We don't, we don't need that. They like that mountain that mountain uh, frost one. Mountain Frost. Mountain Frost that's Gatorade. The, yeah. That's, that's their Gatorade. It's the blue one. Yeah, you see, you, I don't know why they, they go blue. That is my per, my personal favorite as well, too. Yeah. You would think that they would go red because of the team colors and that sort of thing, right? But uh, not necessarily the case. All right. So, uh, yeah. So, Jam Pack Show coming your way with Lindy LaRock today. And again, so that ain't a whole lot more. All right. But uh, we start the show off with, uh, of course, breaking news. Derek Carr may have himself... A home. That's right. The I, I want to say the former Raider quarterback, but we can't say the former Raider quarterback because he is still a Raider as of right now. But Derek Carr has an offer on the table from the New Orleans Saints. Now the Raiders face a deadline of February 15th, which we've been talking about, to exercise the out clause in Carr's contract. All right? So remember, if he is still in the roster by February 15th, the Raiders will owe Derek Carr $40.5 million. Now, there are two options here that the Raiders have. All right. If they agree in principle on a trade before the deadline with Carr's approval, because that's key, because Derek Carr has that. No trade clause in his contract. So he has to sign off on where to go here. So if they agree on a trade before the deadline of February 15th with Carr's approval, okay, then they would have to wait till the new league year begins on March the 15th. Then the $40 million would be assumed by the new team. Other option is if no trade is agreed upon, the Raiders could release him. Now, that probably sounds good to Carr because that way he would become a straight free agent. He can negotiate his own deal with any team that he might. However, you got to be a little bit careful here because what if he doesn't negotiate the deal that he wants? He doesn't get the money that he's seeking. So if this trade works out and he signs off on it, you know, he could, he could get his 40, 40, and the Saints be the ones to pay that. So here's the deal. The Saints have shown interest. As far as we know, they're the only team that has really shown any interest in Derek Carr. But it makes sense when you think about it. Okay, The Raiders need a trade partner. The Saints talk to the Raiders and they say, we like Derek Carr. He's an upgrade. But do you know why the Saints makes a whole lot of sense here? For a couple of reasons. One is they're in the NFC. So the Raiders do not want to get burned by trading Carr to an AFC team where they could see them in the place playoffs. This reminds me so much of the Brett Favre scenario going way back when, when the Packers were trying to trade him, but they said, no way in the world we're going to trade him to anyone in our division because the Vikings wanted Brett Favre. And other NFC teams wanted him. They go, no. So what'd they do? They worked out a deal with the Jets. The Jets. Packers say, we're not going to see the Jets. If we see the Jets in the Super Bowl, God bless them. But, you know, it's the Jets. That's why that happened. Then, of course, Jets released Brett Favre. He retired, and he got to sign wherever he wanted to with the Minnesota Vikings. And sure enough, came back to bite Green Bay. They beat him a couple times that year. I remember the Vikings almost went to the Super Bowl if it wasn't for Bounty Gate with what team? Oh, yeah, the Saints. But anyway, so that's that's one of the reasons why this trade is appealing to the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders will get assets, you know, back for trading Carr to the Saints. But the Saints are interested because, A, Derek Carr would be an upgrade in their quarterback situation right now. He would, definitely. And, you know, the head coach of the Saints is Dennis Allen, who was Derek Carr's quarterback with the Oakland Raiders back when Carr was a rookie. So there's a relationship there. Now, we always talk about Carr had his worst season since his rookie season, but Carr was a rookie. But apparently there is a, we know that there is a relationship there with Carr and Dennis Allen 
And if you're the Saints, this makes a lot of sense. Now, we don't know the particulars on exactly what they would have to give up, but um, I don't think it would be a heck of a lot. Third round pick, right? I think that's that's what we're talking about. That's what the deal would be. The asking price for him is is a third round pick. So this deal should come to fruition. And if you're Derek Carr, why wouldn't you sign off on that? Now, granted, we know he, he wants to remain a Raider, but now the writing's on the wall. He knows. He said his goodbyes. Done. I'm not going to come back. Now he has a little animosity towards the organization. So NFC, get away from here. Go down to New Orleans. Nice place to live. Perennial playoff team as well, too. Saints are solid on D. We know that. You know, bring Alvin Kamara back. Yeah. Might need a little help with the offensive line, but better than the situation of the Raiders. Who would you rather be? Would you rather be the Saints or would you rather be the Raiders right now? Whole picture. Who would you rather have? Raiders, because we're getting Rodgers. We're, we're, yeah, we're. Okay. Not so fast, my friend. Okay. Now, the Saints makes a lot of sense uh, for Derek Carr's standpoint, from the Saints' standpoint, and from the Raiders' standpoint, trading him to the NFC. All right, so we'll continue to keep an eye on that, but uh, we'll see how that works out. All right, uh, we did not get a chance to get to Terrible Tuesday yesterday with this story, but it's kind of a carryover. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to meditate. Now, he's done this before. He's gone to meditate. Why is he meditating? Because he wants to make a decision on his future. Do we got some good meditation music? I think we need some good meditation music here. So Aaron Rodgers is contemplating his future, as we know. Not sure if he wants to go back to Green Bay. So he decided he's going to go on a retreat. That's right. Here's the quote from Aaron Rodgers yesterday. I've got a pretty cool opportunity to do a little self-reflection in some isolation. And then after that, I feel like I'll be a lot closer to a final final decision. How about that? Final, final decision, he says. Is retirement an option? He says, for sure. It's a real thing. 100%. That's why it's going to be important to get through this week and to take my isolation retreat and just to be able to contemplate all things, my future, and then be able to make a decision that I think is best for me moving forward in the highest interest of my happiness and then move forward. It's just a sitting isolation, meditation, dealing with your thoughts. It stimulates DMT. So there can be some hallucinations in there, but it's just kind of sitting in silence, which most of us never do. We rarely even turn our phone off or put the blinds down to sleep in darkness. I'm really looking forward to this. That's Aaron Rodgers. How do you like my Aaron Rodgers voice? <laughs> it was good. <laughs> Shh, quiet. I'm closing my eyes right now. I think I'll, I'm going to meditate before... I have our next guest on. T, wake up. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh. What, what? What was I saying? What? Okay, anyway, so yeah, Derek Carr is, uh, he may be going to the Saints. What? What are you laughing at? What happened? What? Make a choice right now. Uh, Green Bay or Las Vegas? Me? Yeah, you. Uh, I've been to Green Bay. I spent 12 years there. Nearly that amount of time in Las Vegas. I'm choosing Las Vegas. Okay, so... I'm here. I'm staying. I'm staying. (laughs) Roger said the retreat will be alone in the confines of a small house in an undisclosed location. He said meals are delivered. But otherwise, there is no other contact with the outside world. However, 
He said if he could leave at any point during the stay, if he chose to do so, he could do that. But he would rather just stay and meditate. Aaron Rodgers, waiting on his food to be delivered in the darkness room. Yes, the peace, the quiet, the serenity. We should all make our decisions with that in mind, no matter what it is. Aaron Rodgers, rest in peace. Ah, let me wake up again. There we go. Woo! Ah, yeah. That's what he's going to do. Going to sit, meditate, and wait. Is this an island? You know what it reminds me of? Were you ever an Entourage fan? Of course. Of course you are. Do you know what I'm going with? Joshua's Tree. Remember they did the yeah. episode about Joshua Tree? And they're going to go and get high and smoking all that dope or doing whatever they're doing and locking themselves you know, in the darkness of caves. That's Aaron Rodgers. I'm telling you, he's a strange bird. This is what he does. Yeah. People in Las Vegas, you want that, huh? <laughs> you want that? Yeah. Okay. Let's go to Arizona right now. My man Alan Snell, he just woke up from a nap. There it is. He's meditating. He has no time to meditate because he's in the hustle and bustle of Scottsdale and Mesa, of Phoenix, Glendale, whatever it is. Alan Snell on the scene. Our man reporting live from Super Bowl 57, hanging out with Roger Goodell and rubbing elbows with who knows who. What's going on, Alan? DC, listen, to give you the full Monty authentic flavor. I am literally walking the aisles of Radio Road here in the Phoenix Convention Center at the Media Center, <laughs> downtown Phoenix, AZ. I love it, my friend. I know that that is a zoo. It, 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 is it, the exciting buzz in the background? Yeah. That's, that's Radio Road. There you go, my man. There you go. <laughs> So there you go. I, people were asking me, oh, are you going to go to Radio Row? This and that. Go, I know I'm going to pass on Radio Row, but we're there. I mean, with you, we are there, Alan Snell. So uh, very, very good. Yeah, the T.C. Martin show is literally just mobile. We are, this is like you on the road at Radio Row, but just kind of walking instead of at least like rows and rows and rows of tables with people with cell phones videotaping people talking yeah so how you enjoy yourself my friend is this your first super bowl experience no i've been around the block a few times but <laughs> okay, i good. really here because las vegas is hosting this monster one year from now so there you this go is a really important um event to cover i got here on sunday and i have a terrific photographer working with me we're we're, we have we have not seen each other literally in 30 years. We used to work together at a daily newspaper in Metro New York City, and we've reunited. He's doing great photos. Just to give a plug, check out lvsportsbiz.com because we've already published about six stories already this week. And I just got um, out of a Roger Goodell uh, chat session uh, about an hour ago, and we're going to have a terrific terrific story on Goodell with a really fun angle to it. So that story will be coming out in about an hour after uh, we chat. Perfect. But, uh, yeah, the folks here in Las Vegas are here. This is the Las Vegas Super Bowl host committee. They are here. They are basically in charge, charged with raising $20 million. And that $20 million will go with $40 million that have been approved by our LVCBA to basically throw the biggest party in the country, which is Super Bowl week, as you know. Yeah. So this is a, this is recon for you. Okay. Business ex uh, expense trip. There you go. Expenses all taken care of, write offs. Because again, not only are you reporting on this Super Bowl, Alan, but again, you're doing the recon work for next year when it's all going to be here 365 days from now. Absolutely. Uh, that's what basically the host committee from Las Vegas is doing here. They're taking 
lots of notes. There is security everywhere. You do not go into any building, any room without having a security. Check your badge. Sign in. Um, I've already yesterday. I did we we did uh, kind of an interesting story about what happens when there's glitches, and it's inevitable with an event of this scope. You're going to have breakdowns. You're going to have screw ups. And we have a story on that situation from yesterday and how the Las Vegas Super Bowl host committee will try to deal with those issues if they come up next year. Alan Snell live from the Super Bowl uh, radio row. He is there. You know, Alan, we talked about this yesterday. You know, when we host next year, everything is going to be very close together, walking distance. And I use the comparison to the Final Fours in, in New Orleans and Houston. Houston this year, New Orleans last year, where I'm going to be and I was last year. And I just, I, those things are great when there's cities like this. The thing in Glendale, Phoenix, that area always kind of, I don't want to say rubs me the wrong way, but it's too spread out there. I mean, because again, not everything is, you know, is close together. You're downtown Phoenix, you know, in, in Radio Row there. And sure, you got a lot happening there, but then you may have another event or function happening in Scottsdale. The stadium is in Glendale. And, you know, again, it's just more spread out. I, I don't know if, you know, you've been there for a few days now. I don't know if that's, you know, a concern for you or, or, or wearing on you a little bit, but it will be so much better in, in a different experience. I think a better experience when you're here in Vegas or any of those other cities when everything are just blocks apart. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, the Metro Phoenix Super Bowl, this is their fourth time that they've been doing a Super Bowl here. Uh, so the issues you raised are obviously on the table. Like you said, the football stadium where the Arizona Cardinals play is about a half hour from downtown. So, uh, in fact, I was in the building just yesterday, had a great interview with George Toma, the oh, fable. Oh, yes, God the master. turf master. Turf master of Kansas City, father. Arrowhead Stadium. And yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The sad father of Kansas City. Yes. He was there. And you're right. Um, Las Vegas will benefit from the fact that our venues, the airport, the convention centers, they're all going to be in a relatively concentrated area. I mean, think about it. You have a huge Mandalay Bay Convention Center within walking distance across the uh, Hacienda Bridge right across from the football stadium. You know, even with the headaches and the mess that DOT is doing with the Tropicana Interchange on I-15, at least you do have the Hacienda Bridge that will connect Allegiant Stadium right across the interstate to Mandalay Bay. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing. I mean, if I'm throwing uh, the Super Bowl next year, why don't you have Radio Row and the Nerve Center right in, you know, right, right in the Mandalay Bay Convention Center? It's right across the interstate. So, yeah, uh, it's a whole different dynamic in Las Vegas. Uh, like you said, the infrastructure allows for all the facilities to be so much more accessible and closer to each other. Alan, by any chance, did you get a chance to uh, see the pro-life Spider-Man yesterday? And if Next, I- I have not have not seen that. That's uh, have not have not seen that on my radar. So this is a this is the guy. He was a a uh, anti-abortion activist. He uh, actually scaled the four hundred eighty-three foot uh, chase tower Correct. there I've in downtown Phoenix. It. And this guy yes, cr- he went up there it. with no ropes, no nothing. And apparently this guy's done this on the New York Times building in Manhattan before, right. uh, the Salesforce Tower in San Francisco. And of course, you know, he wants attention, Super Bowl, and he, and he got a lot of attention yesterday, but uh, police did arrest right. him. But the amazing part is, is this guy, he he's, he did all this without any ropes or anything. I mean, he was Spider-Man. Right. I- yeah, I definitely heard about it. I just did not physically eyewitness myself. I did hear that he scaled the building around here in downtown Phoenix, but can't really uh, report on it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, wait, wait. We don't need to talk about that. All right, my friend. So <laughs> the hype and the vibe, everything will start to increase in the in the upcoming days here. Um, and I know you're looking at it from uh, from the business side uh, as well, too. You know, one thing I wanted to hit on with you was, you know, the sports wagering aspect now, as you know, Arizona has, is now a gambling state, 
And I believe this will be the first time that, you know, a Super Bowl has been in a gambling state. And, you know, people are going to be having, you know, tickets. They're going to be able to live wager on everything there. Um, at the, at the game, betting stations, I don't think are going to believe in, uh, be in State Farm Stadium. But, you know, again, you got that phone app or whatever. You can actually bet on all of this stuff, you know, right there. So we know that's going to be a huge impact from the uh, sports betting scene as, uh, I was, you know, talking about and writing about on my website, you know, 61 billion is going to be wagered on the right. Super Bowl. Yeah, the game information came out with that number. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's going to be, it's going to be different that you're actually, you know, we, we know the partnerships with, with the NFL and all these, um, you know, the betting, uh, businesses, but wow. I mean, again, here we go in the state, you, you've got legalized betting. Well, um, your pal Jay Cornegay, you know, when you head over to his place tomorrow and Friday, um, I mean, he can lay out the plethora of props uh, that will be available for everyone. I mean, that's been kind of like a fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of like a little side cottage industry uh, to the Super Bowl. Yep. All right, Alan, are you you watching out for counterfeit tickets? We know that's a story every year. Right. So um, right now, in fact, there is a press conference going on. The photographer who's working with me, who is just, you, you really, I mean, in, in all seriousness, you should go on to the LVSportsBiz.com site, click on the stories from the Super Bowl, because Jeff Golding's photography has been spectacular. He is actually at the counterfeit ticket press conference right now um, as we speak, and we'll fold in that information into our big story that we're running on Roger Goodell. Goodell actually had a few little tidbits that I thought, you know, maybe your listeners might be interested in. You know, as you know, Thursday night football had a lot of really uh, just horrible, boring games. And I think that was kind of a, you know, a theme through the season. He had mentioned that they're going to may possibly, just possibly he's, the word possibly maybe have flex games on Thursday to avoid those kind of, you know, you know, yawner of games that we endured on Thursday. And also um, kind of what's a little interesting news, TC, is the Monday night football game uh, will have the ability to be flexed officially as well. And they're really into, um, you know, they're, they're into their new broadcast partners. Yeah. You know, that's big, you know, that's a big, you know, YouTube is going to have the Sunday ticket. That's a huge thing. And again, they are so conscious of growing the brand. I mean, everyone knows the NFL is the number one revenue generating league in the country, but this is kind of interesting, TC. I mean, they're not sitting on their laurels. I mean, they, and this is, and I'll kind of get into another theme that connects into Las Vegas. Um, they really like the YouTube deal because they feel as that, as though that opens up to a much younger demographic. And another little demographic issue was flag football. As you know, he did mention, uh, Roger Goodell did uh, make reference to Las Vegas. He had a very funny quote, actually, during his uh, Q&A with the media. He had mentioned that uh, <laughs> it's, it's at your own peril if you underestimate Las Vegas in terms of the wild and crazy stuff that can happen in Las Vegas. And he you know, specifically referred to the uh, the new Pro Bowl games format, the uh, flag football format, and here's the connection to the growth. They plan to really use flag football as a marketing tool to grow the brand for sure. I mean, they are getting into kids, they're getting into boys, they're getting into girls, uh, even adults, and they really plan to look at look at uh, flag football as a huge growth sports sector. Uh, in the sports industry economy. All right. Alan Snell, live at the Super Bowl. Uh, we appreciate you joining us, my man. Go to lvsports.com. He's got a a, a great um, a great list of, of articles that Alan has ri- uh, written up there as well, too. So go check it out. And if uh, you see your man Dana White, uh, g- make sure that uh, you do not get in slap range, Alan. Okay? Do not get in slap range. And Alan's got a great article up there regarding Dana White, the slap man boss now. Talking about Radio Row, I'm just strolling through one of the aisles. Who do I literally bump uh, in a cross 
section in a, in a crossroad of the aisles. Dana White himself heading to some uh, media booth, uh-huh. and I quickly went into reporter mode. I said, "Dana, how are you doing with this whole slap thing?" And he was saying how all the controversy and all the criticism is actually helping him and giving him more attention. And he has this big news about how he's going to have some news about some distribution things going on. So, um, yeah, I mean, you just never know who you literally no, bump it's into. It's true. It's true. Walk the aisles here, but anyway, the LB Sports Biz story today is. I think your listeners will really enjoy it. It'll be up in about an hour. All right. We'll look for it. All right, Alan, appreciate the time. Enjoy your time there, and uh, we'll catch up with you uh, next week uh, and kind of do a little recap, hopefully. But uh, great stuff, man, and we'll be reading, and we'll be looking for you. Definitely, TC. Thanks for the time. And uh, anytime you you need a little uh, update, just hit me up, man. You got it, brother. Appreciate you. Have fun. Alan Snell, LVSportsBiz.com. Go to his website. Of course, no one does it better covering Las Vegas' uh, business side of sports uh, than Alan. So very happy that uh, he is there and uh, and uh, representing uh, Las Vegas. Remember, next year it is the Super Bowl here. So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense that the Las uh, Vegas Organizing Committee is uh, there checking everything out. All right. When we come back... No, Aaron Rodgers is not going to join us. The one and only, Trevor Maddich. T.C. Martin. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. The doctor is now in. 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 All right, tomorrow we are at the Westgate Las Vegas. The Super Bowl hype continues. That's right, we're there tomorrow and Friday. Come on out, see the show live. Be a lot of fun. Of course, the mayor be joining us. Well, the former mayor, Oscar Goodman, in the house tomorrow. Marco D'Angelo. And then on Friday, Scott Spritzer, uh, Jay Schrader. There you go. Robert Kubel, cool in the gang. Yeah, it's all happening the next couple days. And we get everyone's Super Bowl predictions as well. All right. Don't forget, Cool in the Gang Saturday night, Friday and Saturday night at the Westgate Las Vegas, and also at the Westgate starting their comedy show Cabaret with a Marsha Warfield headlining starting tomorrow night. Yes, you can now get great comedy at the Westgate Las Vegas uh, Thursday through Sunday nights starting this week. All right, continuing on here as uh, we talk a little Super Bowl. Like I said, we're getting closer and closer, and now we bring out the big guns. All right, our big offensive linemen. ESPN's very own and our very own Trevor Maddich joins us now. Trevor, are you meditating at all? I didn't know if you and Aaron Rodgers got an early start if you were meditating. Oh, I'm in a dark place. It's completely silent, sensory deprivation because I am 2023's foremost hippie. There's Trevor Maddich coming to us yeah. from a chamber near you. There it is, Trevor. Yeah. You ever done any meditation before? Well, I've meditated just for a few minutes to see if I wanted to meditate more, and the answer always came up no. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I mean, seriously, I don't want to. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm not Aaron Rodgers, and I don't know how he gets his mojo centered and his feng shui squared away. But I've got to tell you, as a guy that has never tried four days of sitting in the dark looking out at whatever's in the dark I, I i can't understand that i just i don't get that but maybe it'll help him you know maybe it'll help him and he'll end up with the raiders and the dark in the dark aaron Rodgers will see black and he will conflate that with silver and black uh, i don't know and he'll come to las vegas i don't know i mean think about that do you want to spend four days of your life in the dark in in seclusion like that you know i think i can meditate for 20 minutes or 30 minutes max i think i can get the 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 same effect that he's going to get for four days i'm just saying i mean i got i got to think that his wife i mean i don't know their relationship i don't want to cast aspersions at all but i've got to think that she's either thrilled or angry about this whole thing (laughs) yeah right (laughs) i'd probably lean towards thrilled you know now your wife you know dana she'd she'd be angry what you're gonna leave me for four days you're gonna no don't do that you you're on the road enough four days and, and you'd rather sit in the dark with nothing to see nothing to do nothing to hear uh, or hang out with me. Yeah. Oh no, I'd rather I'd rather go sit in the dark. Unbelievable. Um, 
Yes. Okay. I'm not casting aspersions here. I don't know. I don't mean to get personal. Uh, that's why I didn't say which one she would be. It's probably one or the other. But but Aaron Rodgers, because he's done other stuff too. He's gone, hasn't he gone off on retreats to eat some sort of magic mushrooms or uh, something absolutely. so he can meditate yeah. and get yeah. enlightened? Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why I use the uh, the comparison. I don't know if you were a big uh, Entourage fan. Did you ever watch the show Entourage on HBO? Oh, uh, no. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. But well, that's what they did. They went over to, um, you know, uh, Joshua Tree. You know, went there. And that's what they did. Ate some magic mushrooms, and the whole episode drove me nuts. And I think Gary Busey was in that episode as well. I mean, Gary Busey. Well, that makes there, perfect sense. Exactly does right. Maybe that's it. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is hanging out with Gary Busey. Yeah, well, at least he's might be getting the supply from him. But but in fairness, hanging out in the desert, eating magic mushrooms is how the Doors wrote most of their songs. Oh, baby, so, come and light my fire, Trevor! Right now, oh, no, there you absolutely. go. Absolutely. Now, now we're talking. That's true. Yeah, uh, yeah. Great, uh, great singer songwriters. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Who knew that they came out with number one hits by, by doing that? Right. And I just gotta, I just gotta wonder. Uh, you know, the if, if somebody would ever do a study on the effects of of hallucinogenics of various sorts on the popular culture icon songs that we that we all know to be great songs. Look at the Beatles. You know? I wonder how many of those songs came out straight and how many you know, when they were sober and how many came out when they were uh, less than sober. I mean I don't know the answer to this. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> let's talk about something that you do know the answer to, but right here. Give it to me now Chuck that's a good part right there. It's a good part. Trevor, this has got to be on your playlist. It's got to be on your cross-country playlist. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The thing is, you can start this song in Nashville. Yeah. And by the time it's over, you're in Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true, right? Wait a minute. It's not Freebird now. You know? Uh, so those two would be, uh, they'd be, those are Stairway to Heaven, yeah. uh, the live version. I mean, they, they they couldn't they couldn't get uh, they couldn't get that guitar solo to stop in the live version of Stairway to Heaven, Led Zeppelin. They just couldn't do it. Jimmy Jimmy Page just kept on going and going and going and going and going and going. All right, you might not know much about meditation, but I know you know about the trenches, brother. And I want to talk to you about the battle in the trenches for this Super Bowl. Okay, let's get to it. Here, I'm conflicted, Trev, and I, I'm going to need you, Steve Berline, some of my 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 professional. You know, football players' mindsets here to, to help me select a winner because I am on the fence. All right. But I'm thinking for me, I keep going back and forth with this, right? The Philadelphia offensive line protecting Jalen Hurts. Okay. I, 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 I got faith in that line doing it. All right. But, but Matt, Matt, match them up. The Philly offensive line against Phillies, uh, against the Kansas City pass rush if there is one there we saw well chris jones showed up he showed up in the last game right against the Bengals. got to joe burrow a couple yep. times right which was a little bit surprising but that was good so that matchup talk to me well first of all we have to identify the kind of fence that you're on my guess is that it's an electrified barbed wire fence At so yeah, that scares me. I, I'm not, you know, yeah. it, 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 that doesn't. No, I, I want to go white picket fence. All right, I'm going to go white picket. So those are kind of pointy. It's but true. When it comes to when it comes to the trenches, uh, it, it's it's hard for me to pick a side that has a huge advantage. But if you were to press me, I would say it's Philly on both sides. Yeah, it's Philly because you know you look at the pass rush. Philly had 70 sacks in the regular season. That's that's the number one sacks in the NFL by a wide margin, but who was number two was the Chiefs with 55. And so they were um, or two or three. So they both can get after the passer, but they, they do it in kind of different ways. Really, the Chiefs really rely on Chris Jones. And part of the reason he was so effective against that banged up offensive line of Cincinnati in the AFC Championship game was that they moved him around. So it was hard for Cincinnati to know exactly where he was going to be so it was difficult for them to zero in on helping a weak link offensive lineman, of which there were three because of injuries. And so he just caused all kinds of problems. Even when he wasn't sacking Joe Burrow, he was interfering with the timing. And so can he do that against Philly? It'll be a lot harder because you're not going to find that weak link in the Philly offensive line. It's a, it's a good offensive line for Philly. 
that doesn't mean they're just the Eagles are going to stone them cold. But you've got the the Eagles pass rush is just absolutely crushing. Now, part of the reason for that, and this is why TC is so hard to um, put a finger on, is that Philly's offense has been outstanding all year long, especially when Jalen Hurts has been healthy, and they have jumped out to big leads early against mediocre teams. And that means they've had to, those teams abandon the run, throw a lot for a lot of the game, and you've got the Philly D-line just, just putting, pinning their ears back and getting after them. So how much of that is skewed by that and how much of that is just they're unstoppable, uh, we're about to find out because I don't think that Philly's going to jump out to a big lead in this game. So I would give a slight edge to the Eagles, but it's it's kind of on the fence. <sighs> the Philly defensive line getting to Mahomes, I mean, I think that is that is the thing, right? And especially with Mahomes being still banged up, that ankle sprain. Is he going to be, because you, you said it perfectly last week, that he's not going to be able to roll out. And we, the only time we really saw that is when he needed to on that game clinching, you know, uh, uh, you know, run, you know, with 12 seconds to go. And he did that. So I'm with you. 70 sacks on the course of the year. Uh, they got to Brock Purdy. They got to Josh Johnson in that 49er game. Uh, you know, to me, Trevor, that is, that is that is that is huge. So two parts here. Yeah. Talk, talk about the Mahomes injury, where you think it is, or where it will be on Sunday, comparison to the last time we saw him, you know, more than a week and a half ago. And then, you know, talk uh, about that defensive line and those linebackers from Philly in that front seven. Yeah, Mahomes is kind of magic, isn't he? You know, and, and he he threw for over three hundred yards, I think, against yeah. Cincinnati. Uh and I, I think Philly will learn from that. Because he started out, Mahomes did in that game, looking like he was kind of okay. But then the more he had to ask of his ankle, the more that ankle looked like it went south. And so I think the Bengals tried to keep Mahomes in the pocket, right, and make him throw from the pocket. Well, I would think that the Eagles would take the opposite effect. Uh, the Eagles, I expect to come after him. I mean, even if it's just the D-line, come after him and make him evade, make him scramble. And early on, you've got to assume that he's going to find guys to to get the ball to on those scrambles. But as time goes on, I think that's going to accelerate the degeneration of that ankle's capabilities. He's had two weeks to heal. I get it. I'm not a doctor. I'm not treating him there, but I do know high ankle sprains. I've had one, a bad one. And I can tell you that if you have, uh, you know, a couple of weeks of just real treatment on it, you can get to where you walk without having to, to limp. But when you start to tax it, it gets weak and painful in a hurry, and you have setbacks very easily if you twist that thing or put too much pressure on that thing just once. So high ankle sprains aren't like other injuries where two weeks, yeah, I can I can get to where I can play pretty close to my my capability. And if I, if I'm the Eagles, I am absolutely going to force him to run around because I want to degrade that ankle as early as I can in the game. Now, having said that, can can they do it? Can they get there? Oh yeah, yeah, they can get there. I mean, the Chiefs' offensive line ranks number one in the NFL at pass protection win rate and by a wide margin. That's a great stat. Words, that is a tremendous yeah. stat. Yep. And so, and they're going against the, the best pass rushing from a sack standpoint defense in the NFL. So it's interesting, but you've got to ask yourself, just like we said, okay, well, do the Eagles get so many sacks because they're just that great or because their offense jumps out to such a big lead early that opposing teams are just throwing for desperation earlier in the game. It's the same way with that sack rate. Our teams, or excuse me, that, that pass protection win rate, our teams slowing down their pass rush to keep a healthy Mahomes in the pocket, to keep him from scrambling around, because that artificially makes the offensive line look better than they are. And if the Eagles do what I expect them to do on their pass rush, which is to pin their ears back anyway, play the run on the way to the quarterback, and make their prime directive to force Patrick Mahomes to scramble around, to cut, 
to avoid, to evade early in the game, then I think we're going to find out a whole lot about both of these teams, which one's really legit at their number one ranking. Trevor Match joins us. Trev, what is the most intriguing matchup for you that you're looking at? Is it one of those things that we just talked about, or is it something else? No, most intriguing for me is Travis Kelsey tied in for uh, the Chiefs against the linebackers and safeties of the Eagles. The Eagles are really good on defense and they've got a good back end, um, back seven. And when you, when you look at Kelsey as a healthy player, no one's been able to stop him. Just no one. He had a whole bunch of catches in the AFC championship game against the Bengals, but early in the game, it was like the chiefs knew that he wasn't going to be able to do much after the catch. And I think that's one of the reasons that they did what amounted to uh, a hail Mary, hook and lateral in the first quarter where he caught a short pass, Kelsey did, and then tried to lateral the ball to a receiver coming uh, out to the side. That's what you do if you're, you're trying to win a game late and you can't reach the end zone with a Hail Mary. Why would they do that in the first quarter? Well, I think it's because they were trying to manufacture yards after catch that Kelsey couldn't do. And I think in this game, given the weapons that the Eagles have, the Chiefs are going to need to get as many yards out of every play as they possibly can. And if Kelsey isn't able to do much after the catch, in other words, if he catches up and gets tackled right away, that to me is going to be a huge X factor in favor of the Eagles. So I will be looking early on on Kelsey, not just catching the ball. He'll, he'll catch balls. Remember, he had a bad back. He hurt his back in practice the week of the Bengals game, right? And so, you know, and so he's got two weeks to heal that. How healthy will it be? Uh, the Eagles will test it and see how healthy that back is. But the real question is, can he catch the ball and then make a lot of yards after the catch? That's one thing to watch early. You know, it's funny you bring that up because I was thinking the exact same thing. And, and here's my statement on this. Can you see the Chiefs winning if Travis Kelsey doesn't have a big game? Uh, not unless um, not unless one of two things happen. Either the the Eagles kind of self-destruct on a few big plays, which could happen given that the Chiefs have, this is their, the third of the last four Super Bowls that the Chiefs have played it. So these guys have great experience in this game. The Eagles are there for the first time, uh, most of them, and so if not all. And so that factor is out there. The other factor for the Eagles is the health of quarterback Jalen Hurts and that throwing shoulder. You know, they, they you know, they beat the pants off the Giants in one playoff game. Then they scored a lot of points against that outstanding 49ers defense in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, the 49ers didn't have a quarterback, but they still moved the ball and did really well against a great defense of the 49ers. And so, but in neither game did Jalen Hurst, the Eagles quarterback, have to really do that much, either as a runner or as a passer. And so if that, if he's forced to do more and that shoulder becomes a thing, then yes, the Chiefs can win even if Kelsey isn't able to to be the playmaker that he's been before he got hurt. Now, I don't know which it's going to be. I think the edge goes to Philly because even if Hurts can't throw like like he wants to, like he normally can when he's healthy, he can still run. And if he's a threat on the ground, it creates a whole lot of dominoes falling in Philly's in Philly's favor. All right, man. What's the prediction? Who do you got and why? Let's hear it. Well, are we uh, are we doing are we doing picks on this one or is this my pick? Well, no. We're, I mean, you know, Friday we're going to do the best bet. We're going to have it up a bit. If you want to, uh, you save it till then, or you, you just are. Have you made up your mind already, or do you still need some more time? Are you? No, definitive? I need some more time. But I'll tell you my lean. Give me the lean. I lean under. Lean the last on me. Four Super Bowls. All right. The last Super Bowls went under. Both of these teams in their last five games skewed heavily to the under. Yes. And so I, I'm I'm. The trend is really strong for under, and plus both defenses are really good. And I, I lean towards Philly, and the reason is how do you differentiate them? We won't really know what effect the the Chiefs' injuries are going to play in this game. We talked about Kelsey, we talked about Mahomes, but they've got three three receivers that left the uh, championship game against the Bengals. One of them, Michael Hardman, is on injured reserve. Kadarius Tony and Juju Smith-Schuster are both listed as questionable. 
they've been practicing now, but we don't know exactly how limited they might be. Here's what we do know. Over the course of the entire season, the Chiefs defense ranks 31st at allowing touchdowns in the red zone. If you can get into the red zone, you can score touchdowns on these guys. The the Eagles are top five on offense at scoring touchdowns in the red zone. And when you talk about a game that's very close to pick them, I think the Eagles going into the game probably have the edge when it comes to getting seven instead of three when they get inside the 20. I like it. I'm leading them right now. I like it. Okay, we'll have a final score prediction from Trevor, part of our best bets on Friday. All right, Trevor, so uh, our final thing here, real quick, um, it's a survey, and uh, Numchuck and I got a little side bet here with our guests. All right, so are, are you ready? This is a very important question, and you need to answer it. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. All right, halftime show. You're very familiar with these halftime shows. You know who the halftime show is? Uh, the Super Bowl. It is it's Rihanna. It's Rihanna. Does Trevor Maddich, can he name one Rihanna song? Umbrella. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, Trev knows his music. There it is. All right. So there you go. You know? All right. All right. That's good. Umbrella's a good one. You but you didn't ask me the name three, did you? No. There you go. And that, and that's my and thing, because I think 75% of the people that are going to be watching this game cannot name one Rihanna song. And so far, you know Trevor, we've had the first three people could said zero, and you hit one. So look at, uh, what, I, what's that percentage, uh, Chuck? Uh, what is that, three out of four? 75%. I am a scholar. Or am I a scientist? You are a math mathlete, is what you are. <laughs> I'm a mathlete. Yeah, and I might be able to name I might be able to name dozens of Rihanna songs. You don't know that. I don't. But I will say this: that of the seventy five percent that might not know a Rihanna song, yeah. I'll bet you eighty five percent of those <laughs> will start to look up Rihanna songs because she has a voice that is pure magic. Yeah, no doubt. All right, brother, we'll let you go back to the roadhouse. All right. Get ready. Get pumped up. Yeah. All right. Get that. Get that uh, Trevor Maddich menu ready for Sunday. Do we know what that is yet? Uh, oh no, don't know yet. My wife's going to do it, but I do know this: that, that driving out of this here, I'm going to be playing "Love the Way You Lie" duet with Eminem and Rihanna. Oh. Awesome song. There it is. Raw. I like raw it. song. I like it. All right, brother. We'll talk to you on Friday. All right. Thanks, guys. There it is, Trevor Maddich, and our final best bet. Of the year coming your way. All right. Lindy LaRock's going to join us next hour. Big Bill Cartwright. We come back with the quarterback, Steve Berline. More Super Bowl hype right here on this wild Wednesday. Wednesday.